Hello, I'm Charu Kamaria. I'm a writer, journalist, speaker, and podcaster based in the southeastern United States. And I started this show after many years of working in newsrooms where stories of the day are boiled down to just a few minutes. I want to go more in depth, talk about the things that we all should be noticing and discussing, and help you understand what the story really is. So let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of The Story with Charu, and I'm here with this great lady. Thank you so much for making time with me, Gilda Marina Syverson. Thank you, Charu. And she is a writer, and she's a speaker. She's won numerous awards, and one of, the, one of her most noteworthy, I would say, accomplishments is your memoir writing. And I'm in the process of reading this book, My Father's Daughter, From Rome to Sicily, and I saw just so many similarities in my own background, and it's a great read. It's very quick. I'm going to post all of this on the Instagram um, so you can link to it and see this lovely woman's face and her family pictures and also the book. But Gilda, I just have so much to ask you about this. Okay. And I don't know if we can fit it into one ep- episode, <laughs> one story, but we're going to see. First of all, what made you decide to take your parents to Italy Oh, that's a good question. What made me, I mean, I had always wanted to go to Italy with my father, especially to his village, because he came over here when he was 15. And he would always say, no, no, I write about it in the book. No, I have all those cousins I'll have to kiss when I'm there. (laughs) And then one day he said, the truth is you and I would kill each other. Because as a young child, I... I was very sensitive and, you know, very emotional. The most emotional one probably in the family. There are eight siblings. I, there are eight of us, seven siblings. And um, and so as I got older, I became wiser. And, you know, I, the culture was very patriarchal. Right. And, you know, how you know how that goes. We've talked about that before. And so... Um, so Stu and I, my husband Stu and I, tricked him into going, and he fell for it. Yeah, <laughs> and I... So when I'm looking at the book, your father immigrated at 15. Yes. And that is... I got, if you're really interested in reading this book, it is an easy read. It's one of those books that you are just saying to yourself before you turn in for the night, one more, oh, let me just get to this one section. Because it's, it's an easy and very natural, the way you kind of wrote about it. And your mother's parents had immigrated. Yes. Right? So And her older brother. So she was the first child born here. Right. Yes. Okay. And mm-hmm. then, so your father... Okay, so I, I just have so much. First of all, I was struck, and it was very similar to the Indian culture, all the gifts, the gift giving. Yeah. You don't show up empty-handed, which is so common in various immigrant communities, even in this country. Yeah. You, know, you don't show... Even I was raised, you don't show up empty-handed. You always bring something, even if it's small. You know, yes. it's a part of the etiquette. Yes, yes. You know, and it reflects your family's upbringing. You don't want to be seen as somebody who has poor home manners. Yes, home ex- training. Yes, exactly. You know, that's exactly. So we were always showing up with something. I know, and then also the so the immediate love that you know you that you you meet cousins and aunts and uncles that you knew about but you had not seen, and they immediately hug you and receive you. Yes, as if they know you, which I don't think would happen in this country. 
You know, it's it's definitely part of a culture where everybody's still tied and yes. there's a link and a bond and a cord. Yes, forever. Right. And and it's not like that in this country because I grew up here in an Italian culture, but I'm American, so I have that Italian American. I said to you earlier when we were chatting a few minutes, it's almost schizophrenic in a way, you know, because yeah. everything is so close and we're all so close and tied together. But the American culture is go out, be independent, find your way. You yes. Know? And definitely it's good and bad because I feel like when you find your own way, you can heal any generational trauma or ancestral trauma because you have to do it your own way, right? Yes. And so if there's something that your family's already always done that maybe isn't good, you can leave that in the past. Yes. But it's bad because you don't have the support systems. You know, yes. in these cultures, you do have like an immense support you system. You do. You do have an immense support system. And there's a line in here that I wrote that when you heal yourself from something, you heal seven generations before and seven generations after. So um, so we have this thing with it, you know, what happens with these different generations, but there's good things you want to hang on to. Correct. And there are other things that you need to let go if you're going to live in the United States. Yeah, absolutely. So when you, so I, I found that very interesting and also the rules, you know, like you were a grown woman and they were like, oh, you can't go to the bank by yourself and peep the taxi drivers like, you yes. know, well, what do you mean your husband let you go and your husband, I can't believe what kind of a husband lets his wife travel. Like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> like, you know, what is wrong? You know? And it was like, wow. I know. And I, I get that because that happens a lot. You know, when I'm in India or oh. even around all Indian people, I think it's, you know, sometimes there are rules. There's just unwritten rules that are unspoken, but you know them. Yeah. And it's tough to straddle both. It is tough. And the thing that was so interesting being over there, you know, I went with my parents and my husband um, in this book, but I'd been there before with my aunt and uncle and I went one a couple other times on right. my own. And, and the one thing is that um, all these rules are over there and so when I saw him I thought well that's where this came from yeah that's where this idea came from or this thing about always bringing something you know yeah so there was there's a source you know there's a foundation oh absolutely and I thought um so a lot to me one thing that struck me was you did a great job documenting not only book wise but you recorded so much of what was happening, which was great. Because it was almost the role of a journalist that you were taking. Yeah. You know, and to try to not, to try to just be an observer, which was hard. Yes. Because your family installs your buttons and they know how to push them. Yes. And I had to be an observer because if I didn't, I'd get no information out of my father. Yeah. And I wanted to get stuff out of him. You know, I'd been there before with his sister and I did a lot of observing. And I think it's there's some of it in the book where she would say, no, Gilda, you know, she would correct me in English and then continue on in Italian while we were there. But I had to be the observer. Because I didn't think of myself as a journalist till right now. I, yeah. That appeals to me because it, I'm not a person who can usually keep to themselves. Right. I usually end up saying how I feel. But I couldn't do that there. So I did it all in my journal. Yes. Every night. And that's where you let it out. And then in that place, you were trying to be neutral. and Neutral or right. on my side. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you... What struck you the most do you think if you had to name one or two points like to me one thing 
that was obvious. Your father had immigrated at 15. So his formative years had been spent in this village. Yes. He was overcome, you know, with emotion. And I, you know, it reminded me, like, did they ever talk about going back to Italy? Or were they, when they were here, they were Americans. Your father had served also. Yes. You know, which was interesting because we forget about that. How many people have used the military as a path to citizenship? Yes. Well, he, he didn't do it that way. They just, they just drafted him. And then when they got him out in Arizona, Uma, yeah. Arizona, he kept talking about that. We didn't, we had never known about that. I got so much information yeah. from him on that yeah. trip. And he he was one day they said to him, "Do you?" They'd already drafted him. He was in the service, and they said, "Do you want to become a citizen?" They didn't even yeah. ask him. They said, "You know," they brought him in front of a judge, and the judge um, said to him about being a citizen, and he was thrilled. He wanted to be a citizen. Yeah. So he said yes, um, and uh, and off it went. And they didn't even use his correct yes, name. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so, and did he did, did he ever struggle with that? That he was, um, you know, giving up his Italian citizenship and that sense of his, or, or was it? I know for immigrants from India, that's always yeah. an issue, and I know immigrants from Brazil, and yeah, it's always sort of like a, you know. You, I guess you fear that you're giving up part of your identity to become part of this melting pot. Oh, things yeah. are going to change in a few generations. Exactly. I don't think he saw it that way. Okay. I think it's it was perception. I mean, that's how we would see it right now. Right. But he didn't see it that way. He was an, a citizen, and he was an Italian, too. You know, Italians... That's beautiful. That's Italians beautiful. kind of have that. You know, it reminds me of my grandmother um, when she said, at the time, there had only been um, Italian popes. And it yeah, reminds me of my yeah. grandmother when she said, you don't understand the Pope. He's not saying don't use a birth control. He's saying, well, if you have to, you don't. But, you know, we eventually didn't have it just Italian Popes. I know. What? God, that's crazy. Yeah. And that brings me to another really interesting point because you were very candid in this about your own struggles with both identities and especially yeah. with the Catholic Church. Yes, yes. You know, so you got this audience to see the Pope. Yeah. You know, which is huge. And your parents were still practicing and pretty faithful, right? How oh yes. Oh okay. yes. And and my mother still is, of course. And a number of my siblings still are too. Yeah. And how do you what what do you think about this? How do you rectify all of it? Well, I I'm much more progressive thinking. So there are aspects of it that I appreciate. You know, I love the ritual. I miss all that. Um, but I struggle with what's ha- The thing that really got me was when the whole pedophile thing came about. So that kind of, that was just tough for me. And I haven't kind of let go of that, really. Right. And I don't think you're alone in that. I no, think there are a I'm lot not. of Catholics that... Um, or folks that were raised Catholic, maybe that struggle with that. Yeah, and it's tough with all religion, you know, because I feel like religion can d- send us to the atmosphere to greater heights. When we connect yeah. with something divine, and we use this as sort of a compass in our life, we can yeah. achieve so much greatness. Or it can send us to the depths. Absolutely, you know. And, yeah. and every religion has this capability of doing it, where yes. um, it makes us start wars. It makes us yeah. believe that we should control other people's lives in really insane ways. Yeah. So it's it's weird. It's interesting, and I I, yeah. I think everybody kind of struggles. Yeah, like that. We do struggle with it, and I mean, we could go on the whole show about that, but we won't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not today. Right? Not today. So, and your father. Okay. One thing I appreciated in the book is you were being very candid about like your mom and your dad and your, yeah. you know the patriarchal system and your mom. 
you know, sort of always uh, deflecting almost to her dad, to your dad. And I kind of also just felt like, doesn't that eat away at you? Oh, the way whole, like for your mother, you know, I mean, she's a, she is a mom. She's nine siblings, right? There are nine of you or eight? There are eight of us, but my cousin lived with us. That's okay. why I'm thinking. And one died, one child died. Right. There was a death and, um, and then my cousin lived with us. So to give like that constantly yeah. and then to defer to your husband so much that, that can't be good. <laughs> Well, you, and you see in the book that I'm an adult when I'm writing this. So when my father asks for a cup of coffee and I mouth to my mother, tell him to get it himself. And he, and he, um, he's, she says, get it yourself, Nick. And he turns around shocked that she's talking that way. And then he just looks at me and he says, I know you're behind this. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. You had the guts to do that, Gilda. I know. That's so surprising to me that you had the guts because sometimes I don't think people from cultures like this have the guts to say oh, what yeah. needs to be said. And there's a whole other thing because we're taught to defer to our elders, right? Yeah. So like it's yes. one thing for your mom to say that as an equal yes. to your dad. Yeah. But you really... I know, you know, yeah, my husband's yeah. too, who is very American, you know, his yeah. his great, 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 great grandfather signed the Declaration of Independence and probably rolls all around in his grave <laughs> that he's married <laughs> an, an Italian from an immigrant family, you yeah. know, and so... Um, so I don't know. I can't. I can't remember what I was going to say about that. You but. were saying that I was asking you how your mom did oh. that eat away at her. She's what ninety now? Ninety two now. Ninety two. Almost ninety three. I mean, to the give of yourself to that degree. I yes. mean, I'm a mom, and I just can't. At some point, like I would have to. I know that we've been raised differently. I yes. get it. I get that the time is different, but I yes. just feel like that. You know, it it sort of spoke to me as how. Women world over have constantly gotten this message to sacrifice yourself yes. for everybody else. But you know what? The thing about it with my dad, he he wanted that in his home. He was mm -hmm. always king of the castle or the supreme commander. But in reality, he was getting in trouble with his father and some of his paisans, the people from his village, because he was allowing us to date. He was allowing us to go to parties. And he, and he was allowing that... And, and they had a big meeting at my grandfather's one day and said, you know, you're causing a lot of friction because we don't allow our daughters to do that. And so they, he put my grandfather right in the middle of it, or they did. Wow. And so, and so when I look back, I mean, from the American perspective, my father was very strict and very patriarchal. Correct. Yeah. But he took some risks. He did, yeah. Yes, he did. I see exactly what you mean. So yeah. part of him knew... Things need to change in this way. Yeah, change for women. And for, well, he had six daughters, and he always used to say, he used to say, "Why do I have to pick up my plate and bring it to the to the sink? I have a wife, six daughters, a niece, and that, and then he added granddaughters as they went along. And he would say jokes like that. But then we would say to him, "That's why God gave you so many daughters." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because you have to learn this, Dad, before you leave. That's right. Yeah. I I so agree with that. Isn't that that's so interesting, though, isn't yeah. it? That he he was a feminist almost. You know, we we yeah. see these roles, and we see the. I've always thought that um, the improvement of women across the world, men will be allies in this movement. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
and, and we need men to help us you know, and to support us and back us up. And and I see examples of this happening oh, a I, lot. Oh, that, I know, you know. And I like it when that happens. I like but it I too. totally agree with you that we have to, they have to be allies. And and there's so many who are allies. And they want to be. And, and want to be. It. Yeah. You know, they've had daughters. They've had sisters. They, they understand. They see things happening. And it sounds like your dad, you know, we, we don't give them credit enough right. for... We see them in a certain way, but we don't give them credit enough for the things that they were, the risks they took. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think about sometimes my parents coming over so far, not knowing anybody. I mean, it, it takes guts. It takes a lot of guts to do that. Absolutely. You know, when I went there the very first time with my cousin and my sister, Tressa, and my cousin, Marisa, the three of us backpacked over there for the first time, I realized how adventuresome both Grand, sets of grandparents were. It took a lot of guts to come over here. Yeah. You know, when you think about the immigrants coming over here, and I, th- and what I learned over there, and, and you know, one of the things you asked about my dad, you know, he came over here, and soon after World War II started, you know, that's when he was drafted, and my, and so he, his mother. And two sisters couldn't come, and she was over there. Yeah. My grandmother helping all these people, because because somebody had to help them. The men were all most of the men yes. were gone. Yeah. And so I realized how adventuresome these women were over there, taking care of everything. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I that's another thing we always consider. Um, like if you ever watch the show Mad Men, or you see these depictions of women and. We think, and I think some people think that, oh, back in the day it used to be like this, and back in the day yeah. there may have been assigned gender roles, but there are many examples of where women were doing it all. Yes. Or vice versa. You kind of had to just survive. You know, and my, my husband tells these stories because he comes from a more rural Southern American heritage, mm-hmm. and the women, his both of his grandmothers were ball busters. I mean, they were really... Yeah. Like, and, and my husband has said... You could not marry a weak woman. Marrying a weak woman, you might have had assigned gender roles. Yeah, they might have, you know, acted one way and told you the man's the head of household or whatever. Yes, but the fact is, it meant it did not mean you would survive. Yes, a weak woman meant you and your family could not survive. That's a good point because my mother's uh, mother. Um, Nana Egedia, who I talk about a yeah, lot in the yeah. book, she was very, she was very strong. Yeah, and in here, you know, and she, I mean, so I learned that they came, you know, they came over. I, I have pictures of the ships that you yes. know d- during the journey of this book. I've met a genealogist, and I, I've seen the ships that they came over on. And you think, you know, they left everyone they yeah. loved back there. And with the knowing that they may never see them again. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not like now we hop on the plane right. and go over. Or FaceTime somebody. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's so different. Yes. And they, it also, t- so it's something about them, this idea of starting over. Yeah. Appeal to them. Yes. And that's what I think makes, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this, like every other generation is more similar. So myself and my siblings, we're more similar to my grandparents because we all, left except for one sibling we all left Syracuse and we were more adventuresome but my parents and and their siblings stayed put close to them and now I'm seeing a lot of my nieces and nephews I mean some of them are leaving but some of them are staying close so it's like every other generation yeah I have heard that actually things skip a generation and things like that I want to talk about the sort of the mysticism and spirituality there were some weird synchronicities that happened 
you're in the church and the Pope mm. uses something, um, a phrase, I think, to mention, it was your, your name, the, you know, yes. talk about that a little bit. Oh, the, the St. Egidio um, um, organi- they didn't co-organization, society, the yes. St. Egidio, from Lingua Glossa, which is where we were going to be going, because that's where my mother's family's from. It's right on the edge of, you know, it's right near the Mount yeah. Etna. It's on the edge of, on the the incline of Mount Etna. And so they announced that name. And, you know, I've taken on some of those mystical things. I, I like those mystical things. And so when they announced that name, it's like, why of all days are they there when we're getting ready to go there? And it was also, remember the, when we started smelling, I started smelling yes. roses? Yes. And, you know, the, in the Catholic Church, if you smell roses, it means that uh, Mary... Um, Christ's mother is present so I started smelling roses and I'm asking I think I asked my mother and my father and Sue did you smell it no no one smelled it only you yeah I have to go back and check that but I think I was the only one who did and so I felt like it was a message because I believe we get messages in dreams and all kinds of strange ways I don't know if it's cultural or not I think every culture comes here with a different message like Mm -hmm. that I agree yeah Yeah. I think that's interesting and so that was so special Mm. that it even though you maybe have issues our, our concerns, I guess. Yeah. And the faith that you're raised in. Yeah. But these amazing things were kind of happening. Yeah. I know, right? I thought I mean, it was that was so... Because in at the beginning, I'm complaining about it, right? Like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I, got, I got the men to see the Pope, and Dad wants his vest. And I'm yeah, you have to go and back. And go uh-huh. back and get the vest. And so... But then by the end of the whole service, I begin to appreciate aspects of my religion. Because I've often thought that being Italian... Catholic is almost like being Jewish. I mean, even if I struggle with the Catholic Church, you're you're always Catholic. Yeah, it's cultural know. more so. It's, it's yeah, very I cultural. agree. And I think religion always has. There's something about it usually that does tie in with culture, mm-hmm. right? Because it was your formative years, yes. perhaps that you were exposed, and so there's a sense of something primal and comforting, even when it's not. Even if maybe bad things happen, right, right, right. So there's a lot of it, but I could see for you that that would be even stronger. Yes, it is. You know? And the group I, I, I attend now, um, it's a group of a lot of progressive people from all. Christian religions and other people come too but um, people ask me about the Catholic aspect and I said I don't say we're uh, you know how people say recovering Catholics yeah. I said no we're renegade Catholics the yeah, ones who are yeah. in there I mean I'm not that well maybe I am to some people a renegade but I am who I am I think that it, it, these discussions are always worth having yes. to make improvements to have real honest conversations about what needs to change yes. is a must yeah. to improve you know to improve everything whether while we may have very different I, I don't think you and I have different ideas but yes. I mean other people different ideas of how all of this got created yes it's okay to talk about it's, what needs to improve and it's good to talk it's about so it. good to talk about it yeah because otherwise we, we aren't going to grow as human beings, yeah. you know, and as humanity. So we have to talk about it. And, you know, I've taught memoir writing for 20 years now. I didn't start off in memoir. I started off as an artist. But I was in a, um MFA program that did a lot of writing. So I whipped through that part quickly. Yeah. And, and so I got really involved in, in memoir writing. And I really, I, 
I was going to teach it for two years and now I'm on 20 years because people's stories are amazing. And they then, are. And then when they go into the story, they start seeing themselves in... And, you know, have those changes and the growth. The growth. That yeah, we're talking that, about. It's almost like human evolution. Yes. Because you don't really stop evolving. Yes, right. right. That's the theory, is that we're not we're yes. still evolving in some way. Absolutely. And, you know, my dad was big on that. He was like, you you kids, you would, you know, always have this little lecture. Like, we'd go to church on Sunday, and then we'd have our afternoon meal yeah, at, yeah. at the table, and then we'd have to hear, we always said, oh, we have to hear another sermon from my yeah. dad. But he always said, I don't ever want you kids to stop growing. You just have to keep on evolving and growing. He really was a big believer of that. That is very interesting. Yeah. Coming from that, and there's a part in the book where you talk about, um, you talk about that book that your dad had. Yeah. About mysticism. Yeah. And you know what, on this note, I'm going to end today's interview, and I think we're going to pick it up back up next week. Okay. So stay tuned for part two of this interview with Gilda. Um, we'll put that on next week, and um, definitely go to the Instagram account at the Story with Charu to see some photos, and um, I'll have a picture of, of the book as well. And until next time, I hope you find some things that make your soul light and happy. You can support this show by subscribing it, liking it, and sharing it with others. And you can also follow the show on Instagram at the story with Charu. That's on Instagram. It's all lowercase, all one word at the story with Charu. That's where I post pictures of our guests. And I also have um, more fresh takes about current events that we really can't get to in a podcast format. And sometimes just random things from around the globe or just everyday life. You can also find more information about me on my website, charukamaria.com. That's C-H-A-R-U-K-U-M-A-R-H-I-A dot com. Again, that's also one word. And until next time, I hope that you find something that makes your soul light and happy.